0: Train Hard Lifestyle family, yo, I hope you're ready to I hope you're ready to take in this episode today. We have an incredible episode coming your way with an outstanding guest speaker. Um but you already know who I am, y'all. I'm your host Coach Matt, owner of Athletic Beings Training and Apparel. In this episode, we are once again bringing you an incredible guest speaker. I cannot wait for y'all to tune in. Um just to kind of clarify something real quick, if you feel right now like you are lost, like you are stuck somewhere, like you feel like there's no hope in any sort of progression in your life, in your health, in anything, I want you to really open up your mind here. I want you to listen to this podcast episode. I want you to really pay attention to what the guest speaker has to talk about today and listen to her story. Listen to who she's become. Listen to how she's become who she's who she's become. Open up your mind into understanding different avenues to find your happiness. There are many things that we don't like about life. There's many things that we don't like about ourselves. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of negativity out there that can really put some people down, including yourself, to yourself. So I highly, I highly recommend that you tune in to this episode today with an open mind, with open perspective, and maybe at the end, to try to take a different route, to take a different perspective, to think about things a different way, especially about yourself. But we have an amazing guest speaker and I cannot wait for y'all to tune in. Um, but before we jump in, leaving a five star review, ladies and gentlemen, really does mean the world to me. It helps me get feedback, helps me learn more about what you guys and girls are getting from the episode, from the podcast, from other guest speakers, like just overall what you're getting from this amazing podcast, from all the episodes that we push out every Monday and Thursday. If you are new here to the show, this is an amazing podcast where you get the ins and outs when it comes down to health and fitness, nutrition, mindset, inspiration, motivation, training, powerlifting, anything, just seriously taking you, yourself, and your health, and your body, and taking it to the next level, or breaking down walls inside of your mindset, your mentality. and really uplifting yourself this is going to be an amazing podcast for you if you're looking for those specific things but leaving five-star reviews ladies and gentlemen means the world to me and not only that it's going to help a lot of people out there in the world who are looking for an amazing podcast you're going to help them find this podcast just that much faster which is freaking dope you know what i'm saying it's easy it's quick and it's effective and it's going to help a lot of amazing people out there who are needing answers for their questions and on top of that, we have incredible partnerships with tons of amazing companies since the day we started. And you can check them all out on our website, trainerliveshawn.com forward slash partnerships, or you can just simply check the show notes of this, of any episode. Um, and our amazing guest speaker today is very successful with a lot of different things. And all of her amazing links are also going to be in the show notes. So I highly recommend you take advantage of checking them out. But ladies and gentlemen, today I'm bringing you a best-selling author of the amazing book, Crushing It. Creator and owner of a worldwide brand girl with an incredible vision to bring together an army of women to fight for each other like family to collectively create a world where women are free and liberated to be their best versions of themselves, regardless of ethnicity, body type, beliefs, religion or abilities and the original watermelon crushing beast ladies and gentlemen let's welcome to the show courtney Olson.
1: and today you know yeah here we are i mean i went from smoking meth and chewing up 10 norco at a time so i could try and achieve a ripped up you know strong physique and look a certain way to now empowering women to just step into your power and focus on being strong and and not what so much what your body looks like but what your body can do
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another amazing episode here on the Train Holder Shop Podcast. I am so happy, ladies and gentlemen, to bring you an amazing guest speaker today. So everyone, let's welcome Courtney Olson. What's up, girl? How are you
1: doing? Hey, I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm great. I'm great. I Like I was saying before, I am so excited to have you here. Like I said, I've, I've seen you years ago and uh, it's so cool to finally have you here to, on the show. It's, this is going to be a great one.
1: Which makes me laugh when you say years ago, because sometimes I get like, you know, 20 year old girls or guys and they say, oh, my gosh, I remember I was just a little kid when I saw you crush watermelons and I'm like, "Oh shit, I'm getting old, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, because to me in my mind, it's like it was just yesterday, but I've been doing this for over a decade now. So, you know, it's a uh, it's, that's real talk. But thank you. I, I appreciate that. and I'm happy to be here and looking forward to the chatting so yeah
0: absolutely yeah that's that is so cool that's so cool you've been doing it for decades that's freaking awesome um yeah. so uh yeah so everyone who is currently listening right now our current listeners future listeners who don't know who Courtney is can you give maybe like a just a quick background on how you got to who you are today
1: oh wow yeah that's um that's hard <laughs> to- <laughs>
0: take your when time you take ask, your time
1: when you ask somebody who's a egocentric uh, has to put their ego in check every day like to, to put something in a nutshell that you know took 500 pages to write her life memoir that that's a bit of a challenge but I will do my best because
0: do your best girl do your best all
1: we can do uh yeah so I mean as far as how I got to where I am today and you know I mean starting out was the exact opposite from today so today I carry the title of the woman with the world's deadliest thighs which was <laughs> a title given to me by stan lee you know the creator of marvel comics and but growing up that was not the case by any stretch of the imagination so growing up you know i obviously had big legs it was very top heavy and um i um grew up painting my body as i think a lot of people do and it's important to talk about this stuff because it's not just women and in fact it's more so men than women as it is, so um, and I'll, I'll get into that in a little bit when we get there, but I grew up hating my body and primarily my legs, and so by time I got to um, uh, high school, you know I'd gone down the path of bulimia. anorexia. I started counting calories when I was in junior high. Mm -hmm. And then my senior year of high school, I was supposed to be the first female president of the United States, which we might all appreciate right now. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But instead, um, as the ASB president my senior year, and I was in a Christian rock band, I had a 4.0 GPA, started the first girls golf team, was Mm -hmm. captain of the cheerleading team, um, you know, doing all this stuff. I started smoking meth and um, I mean, I knew better, but I, some friends were doing it after a a dance one night and I was just like, yeah, okay, fine, whatever. And then straight away, it was like I'd found the keys to the kingdom, you know, something that um, I thought would give me energy, um, killed my appetite. And I had no idea what road I was about to, to go, to go down. Mm -hmm. And so by the age of 21, then I was um, diagnosed with depression and eating disorder, had experienced a rape and was a full blown drug addict and alcoholic. So um, to say, you know, it, it was a, a fun journey to get to where I am right now. It's like, no, absolutely not. I mean, there are um, so many times like because I didn't get clean and sober until um, 2010 and that whole ten-year period of my 20s, because I know you're in your mid 20s. And so for anybody that's, you know, listening to this right now, that is that age or even younger, I mean, these are difficult years, because you're really still trying to figure out your life. You know, like I'm 39 and I'm still trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. Mm -hmm. And bitch, I have a million, multi-million dollar um, brand, a global brand, and I'm best-selling author. Now it sounds like I'm just being a stuck-up prick, but no, fucking confident. Confident, yo. I've done some really cool stuff, but at the end of the day, you know, I still there's still so much to explore and to do. But we're so conditioned by the system to get in line and follow. And, you know, you need to have a job to be successful and own a house and have this and have good credit. And it's like, none of that shit really matters at the end of the day. And it took me a really long time to learn that, you know? Um, So it was a really uh, confusing, dark time to get to this place of, of where I'm at today, you know, and there's a really interesting part of the story and I mean, I don't want to just keep talking because podcasts are meant to be conversation. No. Go right ahead. <laughs> I want to learn, girls. I want to okay, learn okay. more about you. Okay, then go on. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, as a way out of, because I mean, I still spent, when I went to rehab when I was 21, I got out. I still could not accept that I was an alcoholic or an addict. You know, I was 21 years old. I'm like, screw that. Um, you know, my mom was an alcoholic and I knew that it was a learned behavior and hereditary, but I just, I guess I just wasn't ready, you know, and sometimes people, it takes people a long time to get ready. And especially for, you know, people who are veterans like yourself and, or married to, you know, and dealing with PTSD, alcoholism and addiction is rampant. I mean, it's rampant throughout our society in the first place. And a lot of people die without knowing that they are alcoholic or they're an addict, you know, right, right. It's, a, it's an actual allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind. And, um, to get, you know, there at 21 and then still spend another, um, gosh, it took me, uh, six, seven years finally to get to the place where, I mean, I had like three felonies hanging over my head. So that helped a lot. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just thank be you, like, okay, I think maybe I have a problem. I don't know. Um, but you see, that was just methamphetamines. Right. And then I ended up getting hooked on um, prescription pain pills mm. when I was wrestling. And that is what brought me to my knees in the end. Because, you know, again, that wasn't my problem. My name was on the bottle so I could justify it. Because that's something else we're really good at doing is being able to justify stuff. So, right. Uh, but as a as a way, as a pathway out from smoking meth and drinking, you know, I was drinking like a fifth of vodka a day, um, I got into bodybuilding. And after, you know, being in that world for a little bit, I stumbled into the muscle fetish industry where my mind was just blown apart because I'd spent my whole life wanting to have legs that look like Kate Moss and you're mm-hmm. probably too young to know who Kate Moss is, but she was a supermodel. <laughs> she was a... familiar though. <laughs> yes. You know, she was like a Cindy Crawford, like in the, okay. 90s. she was called the heroin chick. She was the Calvin Klein stick thin model who, you know, I aspired to be like, and her legs are like the size of my forearm, even at the age of eight years old, you know, so it's going to be impossible. Awesome. Um, But for me to then discover that there is this whole world of men out there who were willing to pay me, not willing, more than willing, desperate Mm. is more like it, to pay, you know, $400 an hour. And I'm not, no sex, like just pure. And I used to blog about it because my mind was so blown by this. Right. Um, But to just do demonstrations of strength, like pick them up and carry them around, arm wrestle them. That's how I got into arm wrestling, mm-hmm. um, wrestle them. That's how I got into Brazilian jiu jitsu and became a state champion, um, to scissoring. So you like, you know, choking dudes out with your legs, right. just most random stuff. Right. But what I learned during that time, you know, transformed my life because it really helped me understand that the world is not what we think it is. And mm-hmm. I mean, they were all walks of life. And this isn't like, I wasn't, like a dominatrix per se, like these men were wanting to experience true, real feminine strength. And sure some of them were into the whole like domination, you know, role play thing. And that's not, that's, that's not my bag, but um, it really allowed me to see how, you know, men primarily are you know, you guys are born into this box and you're told, mm-hmm. especially being in the military. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah, definitely. You, you act like a fucking man. You know, you step yep. outside that box. You're a little bitch, bitch. Right. You know, you're the breadwinner. Exactly. You're, bread you're the rock. You know, if you if you were my husband and you came home, Matt, and you were like, <laughs> <laughs> I just look at you with disgust. And I'd be like, yeah. Hey, shit together what's wrong with you right but why is that okay for women to then come home and be you know come unglued and you'd be like it's okay baby come here let me let me console you you know so it just really was interesting because most of my time with these men would turn into like therapy sessions because I'd be like how did you get into this you know and um to 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 tell them that it's okay to like strong women, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. And of course they wouldn't tell their friends cause they'd be like, Oh, they're going to think I'm gay. Right. They, you know? And I'm like, don't worry about it, dude. Your friend called me last week. It's fine. Like y'all need to, y'all need to quit lying to each other. First of all, like let's just keep it real. Right. right. You know? So it cracks me up because all of these little things like, um, you know, when you see a guy, or even just on social media, try mm-hmm. and rile up women and, and say stuff. And I'm like, they're just looking for your attention. They're just mm-hmm. looking for reaction yep. or they get turned on by it because seeing an aggressive, assertive, powerful woman is considered a fetish and all the fetishes is, is something that is not mainstream, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, and I know this cause I used to get paid to go on a webcam and like cuss dudes out. It was absurd. That is insane. Right, dog? Like, it's it's absurd. It's just like, wow, that's super interesting. Yeah. And so, you know, starting out, I mean, today, if you look at what I'm doing and my brands and my social media and, you know, my book, it's all written to a, a female audience for the most part. And I'm, a you know, all women clothing line. But I started out really as a men's right activist and, and talking that's to crazy. And, saying, and look, you know, like, um, it's okay for you to, to, to be like this. And and in fact, it's hot when you accept who you are and, and what you like. I remember this one time I started hanging out with this guy for a brief minute before he got shot three times. He lived, oh my God. but he was, a, he was a like second in charge of a bike, a bikey gang. Uh-huh. And I mean, just like the, the hardest dude, you know, you have ever seen like tattoos all over his face, gold teeth, and we were just having a chat and um, he just randomly was like, yeah, I like lady boys. And I'm, you know, being from the United States, like I didn't know what a lady boy was. And so that's in entirely, okay. you know, lady boys are yeah. right. So yeah. trans women that, okay. So I, I just, I had no idea. I'm like a what? And so he's like, you know, when he, he said chicks with dicks and I was like, what? And I just, <laughs> I had no clue. And of course that's right. what he, now you know, and we, we don't say it like that, but that's what he yeah. said to me. And I'm like, oh okay and it was just such a trip to see such a you know masculine strong you know powerful high up dude who was like yeah this is what i like if you don't like it go fuck yourself like yeah i am and i was like oh that's rad so it was really interesting to to understand that beauty is not what is on the cover of a magazine. You know, you guys aren't sitting around reading fucking Cosmopolitan magazine. You know what I mean? Like I never read those in my life. <laughs> exactly. All of that shit is there because it's trying to sell women something to make us feel like we're less than, and the same goes for GQ or any magazine Mm -hmm. really it's like here's here's a void in your life here's something to fill it oh by the way it's not gonna last it's only gonna fucking make you feel good for the next 10-15 minutes and then you're gonna need to buy some other shit Mm -hmm. so anyway being in that world really was the first opportunity for me to understand that everybody is wearing a mask, Mm -hmm. you know, and that authenticity is truly freeing. Um, And then from there moving forward, you know, I had a lot of doors open and, you know, it's um, I have this friend, she's a major in the army and her mom would always say to her, look, when one door shuts, another door opens, but you're going to catch hell in the, in the hallway and just make sure you have a friend to bring you a bottle of water. And so, you know, never heard of
0: it that before. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's like you're you're going to catch hell in the hallway, so yeah. just just be prepared for that. And that yep. is precisely what happened. I mean, I um I met my husband out in Australia. We got married 4 months later, <laughs> which has worked out brilliantly. It's you know, we've had a wonderful 10-year um marriage together so far and There you go. Yeah. Um, but starting out, you know, he was, um, I, I knew I want, when I met him, I knew I wanted to share this message with women and say, look, you know, there's some guy out there who would pay you $400 an hour to worship your calf muscles. And she'd be like, Oh my God, really? I just left the house thinking I hated my legs and now we're best friends and all the rest of it. <laughs> so I really wanted women to understand that, you know, the world is not what we think it is and, and so forth. And so, um, he subsequently had gotten a job as the CEO of a national rugby team which would be like the equivalent of our you know Raiders or something like that. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. I came on as an assistant strength training coach for the under 20s or the under 18s and okay. uh, I had left all my content online like you know I had a, a clip store on a adult only website. If you will, no nudity, no, you know, it's me like arm wrestling men and then laughing at them because men being humiliated is an actual fetish. Like, right. you know, you guys are into all sorts of different shit. Dude, there's so and much shit out there. <laughs> there really is. And it doesn't make anybody weird or strange or, you know, it's just you guys are, your brains are programmed different. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you all were into fucking Kate Moss, we probably wouldn't like, <laughs> survive as a race. So it's like when women say, Oh, I have saggy tits. I'm like, there's a fetish for that. Go Google it.
0: People like that stuff.
1: Seriously. So I'm like, whatever you hate about yourself, there will be somebody out there who's willing to pay for it. And that's a fact. So um, yeah, he, he became the CEO and, um, this journalist had found out you know, my last name was different than his and Googled my name and oh. didn't take a rocket scientist to find stuff. But sure enough, he found he had some topless photos on the Internet, uh, some nude photos, but whatever. And, um, you know, because my name was associated with this adult only website, wrote a headline. Said, oh, my God. CEO, CEO hires ex-fetish porn star wife to train the under 20s. And that shit went around the world. Like it was in the UK, India, New Zealand, um, Denmark. Yeah. And I'm like, how is this news? First of all, second of all, like they <laughs> straight drug me through the mud. Like I was some floozy slut, tramp, drug addicted piece of shit. And I yeah. was just like, whoa, this is so interesting because the timing of it all, Matt was right before this story broke. i had applied with big brother, big sister, because I knew in my heart as lame as that sounds, I'm gonna say I knew in my intuition I wanted to mentor teenage girls, right? Because I wanted to, you know, yeah. help them from going down the same path that I did. So I applied right. with Big Brother, Big Sister, and um, sent the application off. And then this whole story broke, um, which they called a porn scandal. So ridiculous! That is
0: ridiculous.
1: <laughs> and uh, so anyway, um, and throughout the whole, during the whole. Time this was going on because you got to remember, Australia is the same population as basically the state of California. You know, oh, so, really? Yeah, it's a huge Damn. country, it's like the same size as the United States, but the right. population is tiny, so oh, not a lot to talk about. And this was news for like a month. So you're fucking famous and, over there. I mean, yeah, like a C grade celebrity, I suppose, but <laughs> you know, so this made the rounds and reading all this, the comments and Twitter and everything online, I, it, it didn't bother me because I knew who I was and I'd done the work, right. So many of us have low self-esteem, you know, um, image self-worth and that's because we haven't done any kind of personal development, you know, and when you're in 12 step recovery, there's this process of it's called the 12 steps and you sit and you take a fucking inventory of your life and you look at, you know, all the your resentments um people places and things you know why what what it uh, affected in your life and then you work out what was your part in it you know oh, like wow. you take responsibility for okay well what role did i play in that you know right. you you do um your amends uh, list you know you go through and you clean up your side of the street um you, there's this process basically and then you put yourself and you dedicate yourself to service And you know, um, it's just this amazing thing. So I had gone through the steps, and you know, been sober for a while, and so it didn't really bother me because I'd done a lot of work on myself. And I'm like, "Fuck you! You could say whatever you want on the front page of your paper, and I don't care. My tits are tiny, and they look great." So there you go. I put the little black box over it, you know. So whatever. But um, I, I, I wasn't bothered. But when Big Brother, Big Sister called me a month later. Um, and said, Hey, we got your application. We're really sorry we can't work with you because of what's been going on in the media. Right. That's when I was I had my moment of okay, it's all over. You know, I'm a worthless piece of shit. I don't mm. deserve to be um working with teenagers. And I just sat and sobbed. And I mean, I Matt, I cried and cried and cried for 20 minutes, just feeling so fucking sorry for myself. Yes. And it was an interesting experience. I call it a God shot. You know, um, but it was like all of a sudden the word no came across my mind. And I was like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to run my own program that is run yes. by people who've been there and done that and not just read the shit out of a book. And yes. So that's what I did for nine months. I sat at my kitchen table and I created a program called camp confidence for teenage girls to teach them the five habits, lessons and principles that lead to the development of self-love and therefore the importance of sisterhood. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was incredible. And we did it for two years, had 62 graduates. And then in the downtime when, when my partners got pregnant, um, my husband said, why don't you take the same vision and mission and roll it into a clothing line? you know, and reach the whole world instead of eight to 10 teenage girls in a tiny corner of Australia. I was like, right. yeah, great idea. And then that's where girl was born, the clothing line. So what? I share this story though, mate, because, and I know I sound stupid saying mate, it's just habit now. <laughs> no, that's you, that's actually pretty cool. <laughs> um, but I share this story because uh, it's important, I believe for us to be reminded that, You know, the universe is always working for us, but we have these expectations of what things are supposed to look like exactly, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was upset halfway through Camp Confidence because at the time Obama was president when I was Mm -hmm. running this and I was pissed off because, you know, he hadn't called little old Courtney down in Australia and been like, Hey girl, I see what you're doing out there. Let's bring this shit (laughs) to the United States. Yeah. Like, I was like, I'm a failure and no, no, no. And, you know, if I were to show you the logo, because unfortunately I got confidence with a K tattooed across my lower back and it's hideous. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, that logo then turned into, because at first the brand was called Confidence by Courtney. And that okay. was me having a YouTube channel, sharing my message with women about my experiences in the session world. And then, uh-huh. then I put a camp above that confidence with a K and then it became camp confidence, right? Got it. Got it. And that turned into... Girl, you know, which is G R R R L, and it's a completely different looking logo and mm-hmm. font and color, but it's the same vision and mission. It's the same end result. But what happens is, is we get, and so I, I call this goals, not controls. And what that means is, is you know, we we need to focus on. Well, look, we don't need to do anything because when you tell me I need to do something, I'm going to tell you to go fuck yourself.
0: Yeah, I'm the same. With- I
1: recommend. <laughs> I recommend. Sorry, you good. You I good. And that, or I apologize. Saying sorry is pointless. But I recommend focusing on the end goal and not the controls, which are the little tiny details. Uh-huh. And again, you're probably too young to remember, but there's this book called The Secret uh-huh. back in the day, and it was all about manifestation.
0: That sounds badass, though.
1: Yeah, if you want a yacht. You know, you got to get a vision board, print out a picture of a yacht, look at it every day, you know, visualize yourself in it. What color is the leather? What's it smell like? Uh No. And there is something to be said about visualization. However, when we're so focused on the tiny details, right? Like what the logo looks like, what's the color as opposed to the overall goal, which was teaching women and girls self-love and the importance of sisterhood, Mm -hmm then we tend to quit because we think we're failing. Right. And the reality is the universe is just putting us on a different path. Mm-hmm. You know? So at the end of the day, I'm still doing what I set out to do 10 years ago, mm-hmm. but it wasn't confidence by Courtney. It wasn't camp confidence. And today it looks like girl, which is very different than where I'd started initially. Right. You know, so if you, if, if you're trying not trying, cause there's no try, you're either pregnant or you're not, but if you're <laughs> attempting to do something, you know, it's super important to remind yourself that you've got to keep showing up and simply ask the universe for guidance. Mm -hmm. And that has been the biggest game changer for me and my success and realizing that when I think that I'm in control and I know what's best, I fuck it up. Mm -hmm. And I'm not coming from, you know, um, everybody has a different perspective on, religion or spirituality i mean i'm coming from a place of just pure like there is a god and i am not it right yeah i'm not um i'm not religious in any sense i believe sure all these um people have lived you know I'm, jesus lived he was a cool ass dude i'm sure of it but in terms of you know organized religion it's like yeah i'm not that's not my jam but i yeah. do know feel- that there is something greater than myself out there guiding me. And so as long as I ask, and I don't know who I'm asking, I don't know what it looks like. It has no face, no gender, no any of that shit. I'm just mm-hmm. like, hey, yo, can you guide me and direct me? Please let me do your will, not mine. Right. Like, let me be of service to mankind. Because mm-hmm. when I think I got the answers and I'm going to figure it out, I get stressed out.
0: Yeah, it is stressful. It, I think It's too much to it, think about
1: and you know that there's obviously it's good you know to have goals and to plan and to you know stay focused but at the end of the day if to keep it simple it's just to be like all right cool what is the best put the people and and things in front of me that are going to allow me to do your will most gracefully Mm -hmm. and and try not to get that too caught up with the dogma of religion you know so that's been the biggest game changer for me, and then today, you know, yeah, here we are. I mean, I went from smoking meth and chewing up ten norco at a time, so I could try and achieve a ripped up you know strong physique and look a certain way to now empowering women to just step into your power and focus on being strong and and not what so much what your body looks like, but what your body can do
0: yeah
1: uh, so it's 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 been quite quite a journey but you know it's um in in the long run it yeah there's a lot to learn through it absolutely
0: i think that's cool and now that you have all the i always thought um just like you said how you're talking about creating uh that camp confidence with people who like actually have been through the experience and not just reading shit out of a book or learning how to analyze people because of chapter seven you know this says this and you know actually going through the things that you have to go through in order to understand someone to relate you know i think that's powerful i think that's awesome i think that's what people we that's what we want we want right we need it's i think it always feels good whenever someone is in like a dump or a funk and they you know when it comes out to health and fitness right so like obviously You know what we try to do here is just simply inspire people to believe in themselves, just like how you had your vision for your camp confidence and things that you're doing with girl and stuff like that. You know, same thing with us at the podcast. And and I always found that you know, well, you know, people always say, "Yo, Coach Matt, how come you know you don't talk a lot about you know the the best way to lose weight or the best way to do this or the best way to do that or you know because that's too small of thinking. Like we think too small sometimes when it comes down to the goals and stuff that you want. Just like I you said, you're focusing on the detail when you should be focusing on the bigger picture, the things that actually impact lives and things that need to be done, right? Or things that are going to complete something that can actually impact not just yourself, but like your happiness or, you know, you on an emotional level, which, you know, goes into mindset. And that's one thing I love about you is, you know, you, the what the, the mind that you sculpted over all these years is incredible because I have, you know, most people that will possibly have gone through what you've gone through, don't make it out to who you are today. They don't make it as far as this, right? They don't, because when it comes down to, I guess, self-pity or self-doubt or self-hate, you know, sometimes we push hate so hard on ourselves that there's no way that we can come up out of it, right? Um, And obviously, as a veteran, you know, we lose, you know, battle buddies all the time to suicide all the time um, just because people don't come back the same from whatever, you know, they go through or whatnot. And the same thing within life, you know, just like you mentioned, PTSD can come in many different shapes and forms as well. Um, but whenever you go through these self-experience routes and you learn how to, you know, fail and and then learn from it or go through something and be authentic to yourself. Right. And then go through this route that might not seem like other people are going to be like, yo dude, like that's you, like, that's exactly how you are. But, You know, instead of going through it because you know that that's what makes you happy or that's what opens a new door for something else. Um, I think like the biggest missing key is that we don't believe in ourselves ever enough to take that leap or take that step or be different or do something that's mind blowing or, you know, do something that's just out of this world. And if, you know, you find it with inside yourself to create that happiness for you. Um, I think that's you know that thing that's very powerful, and that it seems like that's what you've done over and over and over again. And accepting, not accepting no as an answer for yeah. you is great, man. Like I think that's that's a hard trait to to fucking get because saying no is easy. Like you know, I, I'm I'm done with this. I, I just can't like this. You know, people have shamed me or my, even my husband or my wife said, Hey, you can't do this. Like, why even bother? Or you failed 12 times. Why are you going to keep going? Like, you know, for you to not accept no and to keep going, I think that is so powerful. And that is very, it's a hard trait to grasp.
1: Thank you, And it is, and you're right. And, um, no is not an option, but at the same time, I always remind people too. I'm like, well, there's always checks and balances, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm you got to know when to bail as well. Cause it happens yeah, yeah. where you're, you just, you think you've got the best business idea and you're death gripping onto it, you know, and you don't know, okay, well you need to bail. Um, but I, I, I don't know in this, in this sense, I feel like, you know, there's this book that I, I don't read a lot, but there's been probably five books that have had a massive impact in my life. And one of which is thinking grow rich. by Napoleon Oh, I fucking
0: love that book. Yeah.
1: You know, so it's like, if you have that white hot burning desire, Mm -hmm. um, and you know, you keep showing up, you will eventually, whether it's five years or 10 years, you know, you will eventually find a way, Mm -hmm. but, um, again, it's not, it's, it's just as long as we don't get too caught up in the details and the control of it. And we stay focused on the big overarching goal of what it is that we're trying to achieve. Um, you know, you find a way so uh yeah no that's that's what's up
0: yeah definitely you know one thing i've been wanting to ask you is um i've i've had a lot of people on the show talk about body dysmorphia and just truly hating how they look and truly hating parts of their body that they just wish they never had or wish that they could fix and they're trying to do everything in their power to be someone that they're not and shape their body into things that are just that's just not how you were designed um, and that's just not how your love should be. You know, your self love should be you loving who you are and what you've been given, and doing something with it. You know, just like how you did. You found this this hidden thing under the rock that you know that opened up your mind to to new things and new perspectives. But what like truly helped you, even I guess to this day, um, kind of overcome like body dysmorphia or body negativity and just truly not liking things about yourself or your body that you just don't like what kind of helped you overcome those things
1: that's a really great question matt um you know and again that's in part why uh, my whole book the tagline is how i smashed um uh, (laughs) body image patriarchy or how i smashed addiction body image and patriarchy and the book is you know, almost 500 pages. And it's not until I get to the very last lesson, because I call them lessons instead of chapters. And it's lesson- there you go. The story basically ends on me becoming at peace with my legs because it's, there's one, I like my body. Um, there's only one area that has been my bugbear my entire life, and it's my knees. I have never been able to develop a VMO, mm-hmm. you know drop muscle above the knee on the inside there. And a lot of women don't unless you're on gear. Um, But I just hated seeing like, I just have these baggy kneecaps and it drove me nuts. And um, I was on the phone with my grandmother and um, she was somebody that I always felt like I failed because she expected me to go to Stanford, be a doctor or, you know, become first female president and I wound drug addict and now i'm you know trying to i'm grinding my ass off trying to build this multi-billion dollar futuristic company and mm-hmm. you know we're, we're failing or it fee- seems like we're failing and
0: yeah always um, does huh
1: you know yeah and so um there was just this instance where you know over the years i'd try and show her screenshots of stuff testimony from customers and mm-hmm. which i call girl army members. Cause I don't really see them as customers, but yeah. um, I see them as members and um, they just weren't landing with her. You know, she was just like, yeah, okay, whatever. She didn't seem real interested. However, when I had asked the girl army to write her a birthday card, cause she had, <gasps> she had loaned me 10 grand in the, before we launched to, you know, start our company. And, um, I said, hey, can you guys do me a favor and um, send my grandma a, a handwritten card? Because she's 92, or she just turned 91, rather. And Oh, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, her medium is, you know, like she didn't grow up. She, she, don't, she don't mess with social media. I mean, she's, right. like, she's on Facebook, but, you know, to get stuff on a handwritten card completely transform, transformed her perspective on what it is that we were doing with growth. Right, right. So, when she got that and I'm on the phone and she's like, you know, these cards are so lovely and these stories and she was reiterating it and to feel like I finally had made her proud. Um, it was, it was just such a huge thing. And I remember looking over in the mirror and I would just eaten, like I'd just gotten back from a TV show in New York called the, the match game mm-hmm. that I appeared on. And, you know, um, got home late. It was a real shitty trip. I was stuck in a green room for like 10 hours, nothing to do, you know? And I was like, this always happens in TV. And you're like, oh my God, what's this going to be like? What's the audience? Am I going to be able to do this? Am I, you know, you know, all the self-talk, right? Mm -hmm. So I was just wiped out and I had just gotten like fettuccine Alfredo and like fucking cheesecake from the Cheesecake Factory. Oh, hell yeah. And I smashed that shit. (laughs) Normally... And so then I called my grandma afterwards and normally I, when I'd catch myself in the mirror and see that part of my legs, I'd just be like, you disgusting fat piece of shit. Yeah. It, just, it, it didn't happen. And it was just a real gradual thing that I just kind of eased into it. And it was super, super strange because, you know, we say in 12 um, step recovery, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, um, but this will materialize. So as long as you work. And what that means is is that sometimes, you know, the answers come to you quickly and sometimes it's slowly. Mm-hmm. So overcoming body dysmorphia, sometimes for some people, it's a it's a faster process, and for some people it's a really long process. For me, it took fucking 38 years. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, to this day, what we, what we focus on, especially with my brand with girl is body neutrality. So this whole concept of self-love and, you know, loving your body, it's a crock of shit because, you know, there are days where, yeah, you're, you're not, especially for women. Cause we fluctuate with hormones yep. and, you know, yep, and, exactly. And then you're like, Oh, I feel, I look, so you feel like a fraud when you're like, Oh, I love myself. And you're like, Do oh. you know what I'm saying? And, right. Yes. Mindsets and shit changes and depending upon what's going on with our relationships or work, that's going to have an impact on how we view our body. Mm. It's all intertwined. So having a a stance of being uh, neutral. So you're in a place of neutrality. It's like, okay, I accept my body, right? Cool. I accept my baggy kneecaps. I appreciate them for fucking getting me from point A to point B. Boom. I don't don't love them, but I, I accept them. And when you accept something, then you can start to work on it, Uh right? Uh So um, it's like when we say, you know, I admitted I'm an alcoholic. My life had become unmanageable. It's like, well, you can admit anything and then find all sorts of loopholes around it,
0: right? Yeah, Justify, right?
1: Exactly right. That's exactly right. we got to accept the situation and then just accept and say, okay, my body is not Uh, quite what I want it to be. And it's understand that it's a process. And the other big part of that too, is, um, is understanding. And, you know, we can kind of wrap it up on this because this is a real big concept, but I encourage everybody who's listening to really reach out and take responsibility to start understanding how your mind works and know that our education is super limited and it's up to us and we are responsible for our own happiness and yep. broaden our education. Right. Cause they don't mm-hmm. teach shit in school, mm-hmm. and, you know, um, following people like um, Dr. Bruce Lipton, um, Joe Dispenza, you know, there's um, platforms out there like Gaia, which have a bunch of different, you know, alternative um, theories, I guess you could say, or, you know, um, docu-series and start expanding your mind. And with this, this concept of the mind, understanding that, you know, from ages zero to seven, we are not fully conscious. So uh, if you, if anybody listening imagines a six-year-old kid or a three-year-old kid, they're running around, jumping, leaping. They're playing, you know, dragon, sword, fight, whatever. and it's With really the remote happening. control. <laughs> yeah. Like, and they're fully in it, right? Yeah, There's yeah. make believe, but it's real to them. Mm-hmm. And that's because they're in a theta brain state. So we have, you know, alpha, beta, theta and delta and delta is like damn near unconscious. Um, and I think that, and again, this isn't my area of expertise. So, right. Right. I'm like, go follow someone else about it. I'm just getting into it, but um, I don't know who is this person is blowing up my phone. Answer it, man. What's up? Hey, welcome to the show. <laughs> I'm like, it blows my mind when people on Facebook Messenger. I'm like, I don't even know you. <laughs> like,
0: oh my gosh.
1: Boundaries. All right. <laughs> also, again, yeah, I'm gonna pick it up and we're gonna have this recorded. It's gonna be hysterical. <laughs> anyway um, but when we're asleep you know i think we go we either go into theta or delta when you hit that rim, that rem stage
0: that deep one
1: it's like um, beta and alpha or alpha yeah. and so from ages 0 to 7 we are in a theta brain state so we're not fully conscious yet so we create a majority of our limiting beliefs between those ages and then so
0: that's
1: conscious programming yep. so any so if you had a younger sibling, right let's say you're five years old and you have a one-year- old younger brother or something, and you're trying to tie your shoe for the first time, and your um, brother is in his high chair standing up wobbling around and your mom's in the kitchen cutting up an apple, and you call out to your mom, "Hey, mom, help you know because you can't tie your shoe and she looks at you and then she looks over at your brother who's about to fall out of his high chair and says, "Hold on Matt I'll be right there." Uh-huh. And- Runs over to your brother. Now, what's the belief that you possibly could have created about yourself right then and there?
0: That possibly um, maybe he, like the mother, would love maybe the brother more or more attention to them?
1: Exactly. Now, is that the truth?
0: No, not at all.
1: Right. Your mom's just being a good mom and doesn't want your brother to crack his skull open and probably pay (laughs) that bullshit ER bill, right? (laughs) 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 <laughs> so but the the screwed up thing is is that you're not aware that you just created this belief and nor is your mom. So boom into your subconscious goes this belief that your brother is more worthy of your mom's attention. Your brother is more loved than you, right? And that's one fucking belief out of one second of the day times seven to eight years times however many seconds are in a day. There's literally millions of beliefs in our subconscious. And the fucked up thing is, is that we're not even conscious that they're there. And 95% of the day we are in our subconscious mind where you're blinking your eyes right now your heart's beating you know when you stand up you don't have to think all right squeeze your glutes left foot yeah. forward right foot forward yeah. all our automatic programming but that is also where all of our limiting beliefs live mm-hmm. and those are what are guiding us so when people say yeah coach matt it's january 1st Woo! I'm, okay, yeah, up. I'm gonna do this i threw out all my junk food i bought all my girl gear i joined <laughs> the gym I'm, let's do this shit man and yes Later, they're sitting on the couch crying with a bowl of ice cream. Fucking, how did I get, did I get here? Mm. Right? They were so determined. Well, subconsciously, you've got programming. You've got beliefs that say when you lose weight, you're going to be, um, you're not safe. You know, you're going to get hit on. Um, you're oh, not worthy of, of looking a certain way. And this is all shit that's been programmed from whether it's, you know, the pastor at your local church, mm. one of your teachers at school. And people do it and they don't even do it intentionally, but that is just, you know, how, um, malleable our, our minds are from those ages. So it's like, there's so much programming in there that holds us back and keeps us limited. And now there are a ton of different ways, obviously to access your subconscious mind, but the one that I have found and have become a master facilitator at is called site K site K. Yep. Psych. And then the K stands for key. Okay. And it's, you know, um, similar to like NLP, right. You got neurolinguist. It's not similar. Oh, to
0: got it. Yes. Yeah.
1: But in terms of modalities, there's like NLP, neuro- neurolinguistic programming, uh-huh. um, EMDR, um, I rapid or is it rapid IR? I can't remember. It's e- EMDR. Or one of those. I app. think
0: it's a, I think it's the EMDR. I'm pretty sure. Yeah.
1: There's, um, EFT, you know, there's uh-huh. the, yes, tracking, hypnotherapy, there's all sorts of different ways, you know, mm-hmm. so I encourage people to really seek out what all these different modalities are and understanding that your beliefs control everything. And it is such a huge aspect of our lives that a lot of people are completely unaware of, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So um, that would probably be like my, my biggest... getaway. Yeah, oh my and take That's... away to encourage people to, to seek deeper knowledge around mindset and understanding how the mind works and looking at the different modalities out there to remove these limiting beliefs.
0: Yeah, dude, that's nuts. You know, what? everything you just said freaking blew my mind. Like, honestly, that, that is insane. And what's even more insane and all, everything that you just said, I 100% agree with. And people should dive into these things. But even your grandmother, that's about to be 92, right? 92 years of life. I feel like that, that even that is not enough time to have figured out life in itself. Even if you dived into every single day and analyzing this, analyzing that, I think that just truly opens, I guess, a perspective of understanding that, dude, this life, every single day that you get, man, take it, take it and do something with it. I think that is, that's freaking awesome, dude. That's some crazy shit you just said. (laughs) Oh my God. That's awesome jeez all right courtney where can where can we get this book T- tell me like where can we if people want to reach out to you thank you maybe tag you on their story with I, I mean whenever they listen to this podcast episode what are some places that we can reach out to you or get this book or whatnot
1: uh sadly my book is on amazon because i went the self publisher route i mean it was covid and the whole publishing industry came so to fuck me. it dude you got it out <laughs> so i did it yeah and that's the thing right because i was telling my husband i'm like Man, I'm just so disappointed because I really, you know, had such high expectations and, um, you know, i mean, it's had great reviews, but I'm like, it, I have the syndrome of never enough. Right. You know, I, I do my best to say I don't suffer. Mm-hmm. You know, I suffer from the disease of never enough. I say I experience it because, you know, our words are very powerful. So I experience it. I never want to be in a state of suffering. But um, yeah, he's like, but look, you wrote you finished the book. You wrote a book, Courtney. Like, it's a you're best an author. Yeah, it's a best selling book. Like, it's, I, I took two months off of work in my 20s to write a book and I, I couldn't even get started. And I'm like, okay, cool, true that, you know? So, yes. So important to, you know, have that one ride or die. Like, that man has, you know, saved my life on so many occasions. Um, And like Prince said, you know, you're lucky if you can count your friends on a peace sign. And for anybody out <laughs> there that's listening who thinks like, oh, you know, gosh, I don't have very many friends. And it's all a fucking illusion, you Mm -hmm. know, like truly, if if you can have one ride or die or one family member that, you know, is in your circle, like you're doing really well, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, but the book uh, is on Amazon. It's called Crushing It. And sadly, fucking Gary Vaynerchuk or whatever his goddamn name is. I'm just hating. (laughs) It's (laughs) fine. He wrote a book called Crushing It. And I was like, you guys are fucking kidding me. It's, it, it's like on business, you know. Um, okay. like, but you can find it on Amazon. It's called Crushing It. And, of course, on social media is my first name, underscore Olson, is Instagram. And that's usually the best place to find me um, is, is on Instagram because TikTok really hurts my fucking head. And I don't. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I, I need one of you year olds to come hold my hand and be like here mommy here's where the transition fucking filter button is and oh my god are you kidding me like you guys too much you need to just chill the fuck out seriously like hang in your paper roll and stringing it through some dental floss and like fucking watching it go through the air to get this cool transition. Like, uh, uh-uh, no, nope.
0: dude, you're telling me that's, that's why there's like a ton of kids on there that have like thousands of, of followers because they got all the time. The, they don't got rent. They don't got bills. They don't got none, They got right. all the time in the world.
1: I don't like the way this world is going, man, between the old the, <laughs> taking our jobs and shit. Like, <laughs> you know, it's shit. We all need to. And that's the other thing I'll end on too, is like, It is our responsibility to uh, empower ourselves and stop feeling sorry for ourselves because whilst we're feeling sorry for ourselves, the world around us that is being controlled by a very small group of people who have a very large amount of money Mm -hmm. and who are writing laws and creating laws, you know, shit's just getting passed by us left, right and center. and. You know, I highly encourage people to to step outside of themselves, and the easiest way to do that is to start being of service to somebody else. Right. Go help somebody else, you know. And whether that's just like being cool on social media or go down to a shelter and walk a fucking dog, you know, I' it's plenty of shit to do. But get outside of yourself because self pity is the worst place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, And you know, start start helping other people, and then we can start really seeing things. As a bigger picture, and keep an open mind, question everything, take responsibility for your life and um yeah that's what's up that oh is my- what's up hello it's g r r r l dot com that's what's up it's the uh, it's girl.com, but you know with a girl so dot you <laughs> got clothes, you know we're we are a women's clothing line, but regardless of how you identify or whatever um and guys look great in our leggings um uh, yeah and hoodies so go get you a it's a leg day bitch hoodie or a hat or something
0: <laughs> <laughs> i love it all i love it all uh courtney Olsten, everyone an amazing guest speaker today truly an amazing mindset awesome 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 everything that she just put out everything that she's shouted out with her social media her book clothing line we're gonna put everything in the show notes to make it super easy for y'all you just go down there and check it all out click and go but other than that thank you so much for tuning into the show everyone courtney thanks for being here you're freaking awesome um but Other than that, everybody, you know how we ended over here. Get out there. Train hard.
1: Live strong, bitch.
0: (laughs) Everybody, peace. (laughs)